Hey, Ricky Rackman here, and you are listening to Middle Age Metalheads. I'm going to be honest with you guys, I think the name's really stupid, because I don't want to be reminded <laughs> we're middle age, even though I know that you're all about the greatest music from the 80s and 90s, but middle age Metalheads, it hurts because it's true. Hello and welcome to another episode of Middle-Aged Metalheads. Tonight, our special guest is someone that we grew up with and continue to enjoy the work of Mr. Ricky Rackman. Ricky started as the owner of the world-famous Cat House Nightclub in Los Angeles, went on to be the host of Headbangers Ball, where most of us were introduced to him in 1990 through 1995, was a host of the syndicated rock show Loveline, and his own show, Ricky Rackman Radio, on KLSX in the 90s. He's been involved in racing for the past 20 years with both NASCAR and the American Flat Track Motorcycle Racing, has done a dozen coast-to-coast charity motorcycle rides, benefiting multiple charities, currently runs Cat House Apparel and Coffee Roasting, and is about to embark on a spoken word tour called One Foot in the Gutter. Tickets are available now at CatHouseHollywood.com. Ricky, hello. That was a great job. I, I'm like, <laughs> Thanks, I man. Like, oh. This is your life. <laughs> I was like, no wonder I don't have time to do anything. <laughs> God, that guy sounds really busy. <laughs> he does sound busy. Uh, who wants to start? Like, we should start with the spoken word tour because that's yeah. coming up really soon. What can you tell us about that? Uh, it's funny, you know, I've always said spoken word because I know what spoken word is. And I think about things like Henry Rollins and stuff like that. But some people don't really know what spoken word is. And, and this is much more than just a spoken word tour show, because what I do is I go up there and I tell a lot of stories, you know, from Cat House, Headbangers Ball, my growing up to the things that happened later in my career. But I also have things where I show videos and photos. I have a little set that was like my room when I was a kid. I try <laughs> to bring people back when it was like when you got turned on to your first album, first heavy metal or first record that like brought you back to a certain time. And I tell a lot of things that are really embarrassing that happened in my career that people have no idea about. And I just kind of open up and tell the story. And I will be honest with you, you know, I've, I've been very blessed to have an incredible career. But I am more proud of this than anything I've ever done because, you know, before, if, if there was something you didn't like about Headbangers, I had people to blame it on. If there's something you don't like about the show, it's all my fault. So hopefully if it's good, then I get to take the credit. So it works both ways. How many That's shows awesome. have you done so far? I've done one and it was my okay. best show ever. Awesome. Okay. But it was also my worst. <laughs> it was also my worst. <laughs> So it's all downhill from show. there. I did one show. It was uh, like a little bit under 500 people were there. And uh, now it's a lot tougher. Like it's tougher to get people. Like I'm looking and we're in, you know, Buffalo, New York, where it's, you know, under six feet of snow. I'm like, oh, we've sold 30 tickets. Okay. You know, Ooh. so so it's, and and I have to be honest with myself. You know, I'm not a, a band. I'm not, you know, and this is a first time. So hopefully we're going to get a lot of people. I've got some shows like it in Flint, Michigan at the machine shop or at King of clubs in Columbus or a lot of places that are like badass clubs that have sold, you know, a couple hundred tickets, but you know, I don't know how this is going to go. Cause this is something brand new and I'm being totally transparent about the whole process. Yeah. Ricky, what made you decide to do it now? I mean, we just ran down all of the things that you're doing. Why is now the right time to do this? 
Because everybody has been saying, and, and when I say this, I don't say this being, being pompous or anything like that, but everybody's like, dude, why don't you write a book? Why don't you write a book? Because, I mean, you pick up any book about the 80s and 90s scene, and chances are they're going to talk about stuff that happened at the cat house, you know, even more so than Headbangers Ball. And some of the greatest rock and roll stories, you know, are things that happened, you know, inches next to me, or I am involved in some of these great rock and roll feuds. And it was like, I'm Forrest Gump. Like I just happened to be there <laughs> when, these things, when these things took place. And, um, you know, I like talking to people. I like being on stage. And so I was like, it was just like, the idea was to do it in this small room just to try it. And it was just, it was so much fun. And this would be like, instead of writing a book, I'm up there telling the stories to your face and I get to to act it out and show you. And it's not just, you know, a guy just standing up here saying, and in 1986, this album was recorded and the producer was Mike Klink. It, it's no, it's no, that's, our, that's, our that's basically our show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm up next. All right, cool. Sure. So uh, you're currently, I think, on the East Coast, Ricky, if I'm not mistaken, for your tour. Are you headed out nationally? Well, we've got five shows, which, by the way, every time I say I'm going on tour, I love it. I love saying it so much <laughs> to the point of like, like, yeah, well, I'm going on tour. I've got these five shows like like hearing myself say it is very surreal to me because this is this is better than what I could have dreamed of. Right now, I've got five shows. There is talk about eight more shows being added in spring. But let's see how these five shows go. I mean, the last thing I want to do is add eight shows and find out that, wow, this isn't as much fun as I thought it would be. But I, I mean, my goal is I would love to say at the end of the year that I had 50 shows. I, I'd love to I'd love to be able to go on tour. I'd love to be able to go on a bus. You know, my dream was to go out on a tour bus. So I figured I can't <laughs> afford it. So we're going in a van. But, um, you know, yeah, the goal the goal definitely is to go out on tour. That, that that is the ultimate goal is to do something like that. Um, if, if that happens and I get to do that for a year and then write a book about it, you know, then I can say, okay, now, now I did it because right now I just keep on taking more and more jobs and hustling and hustling, but I don't know what my like cherry on top, like what is the last thing I want to do in my career? And I think doing these shows would, would be, would be a real nice to sing that, that kind of wraps everything up. Hey, Ricky, this is Michael Stamps. I'm talking to you here from Sellersville, uh, Pennsylvania, where you're going to be performing on December 11th at the Sellersville Theater. Uh, very, very excited to see that you were on the uh, on the calendar there for uh, for our little humble theater. Um, so it's not going to be a traditional spoken word poetry slam, I guess, but more, more like a one man show that you're going to you're going to regale the folks with. Uh in, in your in your many years as the host of Headbangers Ball, you you traveled the world. You you met like all of the sort of like up and coming and established artists of hard rock and heavy metal. You got to have lots of great stories. Are you going to give us tonight, right now, in our podcast, like some highlights of some of the stories to look forward to? Well, I will tell you that the Sellersville Theater Show is it's just cool because. I'm looking at this place. I'm like, this is like a, this is like a theater, you know, like it's a real theater and it's a theater with a lot of history and it's in a, it's a cool old theater. And from what I can tell, the place looks beautiful. And just looking at that and picturing myself on that stage 
is mind blowing to me because it's not a rock club. It's, it's a theater and it's more than I could dream of. So, and that's the last show of this tour. So I'm really thinking this is going to be okay. a great show. As long as I can tell people where Sellersville is, cause I'm not really sure, but we'll get them there. Southeastern um, Pennsylvania. It's uh, Bucks County. Well, it looks like, a, it looks like a really, really cool place. And, and that's, we're going to have a party there. It's going to be fun. But I mean, you know, all the things like, what was it really like? That time that Nirvana was on Headbangers Ball. What was it really like with Alice in Chains at the water park? What was yeah. it like hanging with Pantera? Which bowling with Chris star, Cornell. Bowling with Chris Cornell. Um, what rock star screwed me over really, really big that I don't talk about very much? Ooh. Why did I end up in jail several times? What did I do? <laughs> Does that rock star rhyme with Dave Mustaine? Absolutely not. Dave <laughs> okay, cool. That, All right. But, we but lost I talk bet, about guys. that because people could not... <laughs> The whole thing about, and I, I will tell you guys this, um, the whole thing that the ideas that people have about Dave Mustaine and, and and Glenn Danzig could not be further from the truth. The thing is, you know, people don't always say, dude, what about that great interview with Lars? They don't say that. They talk about, well, Dave Mustaine hated you. He hated you the 20 times he was on the show. And when you used to go skydiving and when he played your birthday party and when Megadeth played at the cat house for free, Dave Mustaine hated you. <laughs> Really? Well, I can see the same things about Glenn. D Glenn Danzig hated you when he tried to throw you in the fire, yet you're the only one hanging out with him backstage. It's like, these are the two artists that I like the most. And the most important thing, what I believe my job was on Headbangers Ball was to give you an entertaining show. So if Dave Mustaine gave me a hard time and people loved watching Dave Mustaine give me a hard time, then let's do it. And Dave even said to me probably about three years ago, he's like, dude, we were like the Abbott and Costello of rock and roll. And it's true. My job was to let Dave give me a hard time. And people found that entertaining. And did he push it sometimes that it did piss me off? Absolutely, he did. But there's a, there's a true love, respect and uh, for Dave. And Dave even told me, and I have the interview, I might even play it at the show, of Dave Ooh. saying, you know, I gave you a hard time because I really wanted you to succeed. And if you look at it that way, with Dave Mustaine, who could have looked at me as like this hoppity boppity VJ, but instead he's like, I'm going to give this guy a really hard time and see if he can pull through. And I did. I never cowered back. I just took it because that's my job. My job is to, you know, be the butt end of a joke. And you guys remembered it. And to me, it's more important that you guys remembered those shows than anything else. I mean, if there was somebody that I didn't really like, the reason you guys don't know about it is because they weren't on Headbangers Ball. Mm. Yeah, it, yeah it's, so, it's so interesting the impact that Headbangers Ball had, because really, I mean, it. and when you got to it, that was the 90s, where most people like say, oh, metal died in the 90s. But I remember watching Headbangers Ball every week and it was mm -hmm. still the 90s. Like, well, the great the greatest thing is and I get this all the time. It's like, dude, I used to watch you in the 80s. I'm like, what did you what in my window? Like, <laughs> I get it. I get it. All the, it's, it's people all the time are saying I used to watch you in the 80s. And, the, and, and you're exactly right. I didn't even start Cat House. I mean, didn't even start Headbangers Ball until 1990. And people say like, oh, yeah, there's no good music in the in the 90. But I'm like, no, you're wrong. It's like like that was I started Headbangers Ball when we were going through a major transition. You know, For the, sure, the, yeah. a transition that was not brought on by Headbangers Ball. You know, Headbangers Ball did not make Nirvana. You know, it was just like we were there when there were all those bands. And a lot of people, you know, criticized because we had so many different genres on. But you have to understand whatever genre there is.
genre. And rather than just alienate it, it wasn't called, you know, death metal ball. It wasn't called black metal. It wasn't called stupid frou-frou ball. You know, it was all these different bands. And, and the thing, if there was something you liked, you didn't say anything. But if there was something you didn't like, you definitely said something. And usually you blamed it on me. So that was how it went. <laughs> that's, that's true, Ricky. Hey, yeah. it, you know, you you said, you know, people have this memory of you in the 80s. In the 80s, it was the cat house. Can we talk about cat house industries? Uh, and and as it stands now, like uh, we follow you online and and uh, see a lot of cool apparel coming out of cat house still. And uh, and the coffee roasting that you have now, you know, you've done some anniversary shows for the cat house and, and that show that was at Irvine a, a few years ago. Any thought ever of of maybe reopening Cat House on a on maybe a a monthly basis or doing a tour or a cruise? The thing I did at Irvine Meadows, which I think I had like around fifteen thousand people, was done in conjunction with Live Nation, and on a scale of one to ten for being fun, it was zero. It was a freaking nightmare. Ah. Um, I lost control of the whole brand so much that the year after it, I decided, okay, I'm going to do the cat house 30th anniversary i'm going to rent out the whiskey and i'm going to rent out the roxy on the sunset strip i'm going to put tickets on sale and i'm not going to tell anybody any band that's going to play and it was the fastest sellout on the sunset strip i sold out both nights and because it sold out i didn't have to tell anybody including tammy who played so when people are at the roxy and there's a curtain down and they're like i have no idea who's going to play and all of a sudden it's twisted sister and everybody's like wait i thought they broke up you know so <laughs> so so I think there, and then I tried to do a cat house thing. I thought it'd be really fun to do a cat house tour with Faster Pussycat and LA Guns, but it was like the ego thing, not from Faster Pussycat, was so ridiculous that they were saying, so it's LA Guns presented by Cat House. I'm like, no, I want to go into a venue. I want to take it over. I want to have dancing girls. I want to have all this fun kind of crazy atmosphere with these bands playing. And they just didn't get it. And I'm like, screw you guys, you know? I mean, I'm not, and this is not, a, this is not in any way a diss on Eddie Trunk because I'm Eddie Trunk, but Eddie Trunk is the guy that goes in MCs and he's great at it. And I like Eddie a lot, but that's not what I do. I want to create this experience. Like my show is not just talking about it. It's like having an experience. And I wanted the cat house to be an experience. So if there ever is another cat house, it would be something like you walk in and whether there's a band playing or not, you're like, holy crap. I feel like it's like... 1988 you know so it's i mean i i, I would love to do a, a vegas cat house where it was like you walk in and you're like in an 80s club you know but but right now there is no talk about it because you know i've held on to this brand so tight that i could have sold out and made a lot of money and probably would have been a smart move but um you know, I think the brand is still worth something and the brand is still notorious and the brand still has legend you know i mean everybody knows cbgb's but you could buy CBGB shirts at Target and you can't buy yeah. cat house shirts <laughs> anywhere but for me. Man, that's a solid point. Uh, Ricky, what else do you have on tap for 2023? Can you tell us about the Headbangers boat tour that's going to be coming up in October? <laughs> that is awesome because the Headbangers boat tour, it's, well, it's not a tour, it's, it's a cruise. Mm -hmm. And the Headbangers boat sold out and the race and the, and the, the, the cruise is in a year and it's already sold out. And uh, I mean, there's, you know, Lamb of God is on it. Guar is on it. Municipal Weight is on it. Waste is on it. Hate Breed is on it. You know, Macedon is on it. And I'm going to be doing my spoken word show on it, which is great. 
because this is going to be a tougher audience because this is going to be a lot of the, you know, the, you know, the lamb of God, which everybody knows that I've been friends and fans of theirs of, of a long time, but it's going to be a lot of those, those people. And I, I look forward to the, the opportunity to get up and do my show in front of a heavier crowd. You know, it's funny. You would think like if I go to the Monsters of Rock cruise that everybody's so nice, but those some of those people are people. And and I, I did not abandon my 80s Hollywood metal roots. That's still me. But I also like new stuff as well. And I tend to go to more shows with heavier music. So sometimes I go to those things and a band like, you know, I, I don't know, I'm just going to make a random firehouse is playing and all their fans hate me. And I'm like, okay, go ahead. I don't care. So I'm not, so I'm not firehouse fans hate you. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, some of those, I'm I'm sure you could probably take both of them. (laughs) I don't, I don't know. And you know, I'm not picking on that band because I actually, I don't know them at all. I could have said Mark Slaughter. They're they're super nice. You know what? (laughs) It's so funny. Trickster was one of the bands that Live Nation put on the Cat House Festival. And Trickster has nothing to do with the Cat House brand. But those guys were so nice and did such a great job. But they weren't like a Cat House band, you know? Yeah. But they were They're very, very band. nice. And, and, I'm, yeah, and, I, and I hope it doesn't seem like I'm picking on Firehouse at all because <laughs> I'm, not picking, I'm no. not picking on any of those bands. That just because all. that's not my cup of tea doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. It's just there's some of those bands that I – but that's not to say that I don't love Cinderella or I don't love Skid Row or I don't love Jackal, or I like, there's a lot of those bands. Of, of course, I love Faster Pussycat and would love Faster Pussycat if, even if Tammy wasn't in that band. You know, there's certain bands of that genre that I do like, but I like everything. You know, you you hit me up and I'm listening to Oman Mark. You know, I, I, I listen to everything. There you go, Oman Mark. We just saw them last night, Ricky. You know, here's the deal with Oman Marth. If you go into Oman Marth as a 50-year-old, you're going to think this is really stupid. But if you go in there don't say. With, the same, with the same mentality that you had when you saw Bruce Dickinson fight Eddie or you saw Alice Cooper holding up a snake and you go in there with that kid mentality and you realize they're Vikings and they're there. And then if you don't have a good time, because I went there and I look at my wife and she's like, you know, she can't wait to get on the floor and we're rolling. You know, they, they get the audience to roll a Vikings. If that isn't, the, if that isn't like one of the raddest things. Now, the, the, the old Ricky can say this is the cheesiest thing in the world, but that's not the guy that's going to have a good time at the show. The guy that's going to have a good time at the show saying those guys are real Vikings, you know, and that's what I see. Ricky and I are aligned, man. That's why <laughs> that's why we do what we do. All right, old man. Yeah, I got, I got, I got that, Michael. I, no, so so Ricky at the last show, did you did you get down and row with the crew? Well, it was so crowded that there was no room to get to. And the other thing is, um, that was my first show. I just had neck surgery. Okay, oh, okay. So, so I just had like three big spacers placed on my neck. So I was like kind of walking around like this a little bit. Yeah. And um, so I kind of did. It's kind of like the the what the the the. The wimpy guy that stands at the side of the pit, you know, yeah. I'm that guy. I'm just standing up rowing. <laughs> I did the standing up rowing, you know. Please don't bump into me. Please don't spill my beer. Right, don't right, touch right. me. Like I get sore <laughs> thinking, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but but it was it was just it was just fun. It's like what I found in my later years. Now that I'm older, that some of the more brutal music makes me smile. Like I, I look at it instead of like, you know, like I was never really like I was never in, I was never into Satyricon. OK, mm-hmm. but I was just listening to Satyricon the other day and I'm like, holy crap, this is the it's 
And I don't mean this as an insult, but it's so funny that it's awesome. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's just, it's like now I buy into it instead of being the, the older cynic. I am now like, you know what? I'm going to have fun and dig the goofiness, you know, like, you know, like I'm a total Slipknot fan or whatever like that, because I like some of the stuff because, Man, it's fun because that's, that's what rock and roll, it's not fun. Screw it. You are yeah, cementing no. my position on this podcast more than you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, We're never no, going to hear the are, end of you this. You guys now. are not going to hear the end of this ever. <laughs> I have, I have, I have Ricky on my side now. You guys are doomed. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh well, and, and and again, we've we've always known uh, Ricky as, as sort of like a, a great ambassador for for all sort of genres of music that that he's covered, and we, and we we always touch on these these same sort of really. Uh, sensitive like fault lines whether you're like true metal or whether you're sort of like somewhere in a in a softer kind of like more mainstream you know melodic you know heavy metal hard rock sort of vein um and, and obviously ricky has a uh, you know one foot in the other if the one foot's in the gutter and the other foot's well in some place harder um so so ricky do, do you you know in, in your in your career and stuff you know because you, you're so identifiable as the host of of Headbangers Ball. In the years thereafter, did did you face like any sort of like backlash where people just sort of like typecast you as the guy who was? You know what, Mike? But before Ricky answers, I gotta say I was living in L.A. I, I moved there 1995 and started becoming a production assistant in Hollywood. And Ricky got me through driving around, learning how to drive L.A. because I listened to the Triple R every day with jim jim yeah, so and, there's that and if only people knew i think people would have a different opinion of ricky if they knew why that radio show ended well yeah <laughs> well i know i know why it ended but i gotta say i loved that show and uh, i i loved listening to your show while i was driving around working each day just for people i'll just i'll just tell the story for people that don't know because you know, yeah. a lot of people have this preconceived idea of who Ricky Rackman is being this TV guy. And, and I am. And I and I'm and I I hope that if there's one word, I hope people think of me as being kind and I do care about people. However, I still know where I came from. And a DJ on that station said some horrible things about me. And I went to the station. I Oh, the shit that's I right. Oh. And I lost my job. So that's what happened to my talk radio career. But um <laughs> As far as backlash, do did I ever get it? It never ended. It happens all the time. There was, I mean, I go to a metal show and people are, it's not as bad as it used to be, but I still get it. I mean, there's a lot of people that love, and now that, you know, you have the anonymity of the internet and social media, people can say whatever they want about like, oh, Ricky Rack, I mean, you know, he was, he, he loved, he loved Winger. Why would he play Slayer? It's like, what? You know, it's like people yeah. people want to decide which Ricky Rackman they believe in. And and many times people want to believe that it's the one that that they don't like. You know, I always when I first met the guys from Lamb of God, when they were opening up for Slipknot and they were telling me how much that they liked what I did. I thought that they were making fun of me, not realizing, oh, you know, my first impression was, oh, they're just talking smack about me, you know, which which wasn't true. It's like. You know, it was a job, people, and I had to cater to a lot of different types of genres. I didn't get the same. And did I? And, you know, some people had such a hard time that I cut my hair in 1992. And obviously, you know, in 2022, I still screw around my hair. 
because it's fun. And the reason I do it is because I just, because I truly don't care. I do it. I mean, it's rebellious. If they say that in 1990, you have to have long hair and then 1991, oh, what a sellout. You did the thing that nobody <laughs> wanted you to do. It's like, are you kidding? I did the one thing that nope, that everybody told me don't do. And I still did it. You yeah. know, but that is a sellout move or so whatever. I don't know. Ricky, I, you know, for us folks, us metal punk folks on the East Coast, particularly I'm, I'm in Philly. So, you know, Philly's got a got a thing. When you came on, we didn't know all this backstory that like John and Michael have from being, you know, out on the West Coast. You know, what kind of hate did you have to put up with? I mean, I know when you popped up, man, you just took that you took that that mantle from Adam Curry as the guy who doesn't look like the headbanger dude. And I knew nothing about you other than the fact that you were like better looking and probably more successful than we were. And we hated that. <laughs> so <laughs> how much of that did you have to deal with versus all the people just being cool? Well, here's the thing you have to realize if you're a kid, like a kid in the twenties and you're a metal fan, Ricky Rackman has, and this, this took me only until recently to realize, I mean, think about this. Think about when you think like, wow, I had the number one greatest job in the world. Yeah. I mean, if you're a rock fan, I had the greatest job in the world. Now imagine having, watching this guy that has the greatest job in the world and you believe you can do a much better job than him. And that's what everybody, and remember, I didn't come from TV. I didn't come from broadcasting. I came from being this punk kid that opened up a rock and roll club so you know i didn't know what to say i didn't know how to do it i was scared i was not good at interviewing at all so some of the criticism was deserved but you know i it it, it is what it is you know and there's no way there was ever gonna nobody could be i mean when i found out that even jamie josta from Hatebreed was hosting headbangers and people gave him a hard time all the time i was like Oh, I guess it wasn't just hating on Ricky Rackman, but you know, I, I get people, you know, I, I'm probably the oldest guy that just signed up on TikTok and I'm on TikTok and there'll be people that'll go to TikTok and go like, well, dude, I don't care what you have to say. I'm like, well, why are you commenting on it? Well, I'm commenting on it because you're just an idiot and you talk anytime. Okay. Then dude, go away. Yeah. But you, I'm like, dude, you keep on having this conversation about how much you don't care about me. You realize when I turn this thing off, I still don't know who you are. You know, or people that are like, I don't even know who you are. That's okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't walk out in the street and say, I don't know what kind of tree that is. I don't know who that person in the gross. That's okay that you don't know who I am. You know, it's like, it's okay. But it was hard to take when I was younger. It was very hard to take. Yeah. Hey, Ricky, we're, com we're coming up to the end of our, our time with you. We wanted to mention again, the tour dates for your show, which are December 7th, Winchester Music Tavern in Cleveland. December 8th, King of Clubs in Columbus, December 9th, The Machine Shop in Flint, December 10th, The Rec Room in Buffalo, and December 11th in Sellersville, Pennsylvania. Uh, <laughs> in closing, to, you know, did we miss anything? What do you want to tell us about the show that we haven't told everyone else up to now? Buy tickets, please. Everybody go buy tickets. It's going to have, it's, I promise you, it's going to be a good time. Like not being a band, I don't know how to do this stuff. But the show, I'm putting everything into this show. And, you know, you guys are listening to this podcast. You can't see me. But but, but while you're telling me these dates, I'm smiling ear to ear because this is so cool. I love sharing these stories. What I want it to feel like, I want it to feel like you're at the bar. And 
I'm telling you all these stories. And it's not because my life is so great. It's just like, I happen to have a lot of great things that happened around me. You know, it was Axl Rose that said, hey, do you want to go try to be the BJ on Headbangers Ball? I'll go with you to New York. You know, when Axl Rose is working as your agent, you know, this was just my life. So I didn't think <laughs> it was that cool. interesting of a story, but I guess it is. But also the stories about what happened with the Triple R or the stories of what is it like when you're the host of Headbangers Ball and then six years later, you're wearing a shirt and tie selling cars, used cars in Huntington <laughs> Beach. That's hard to take, you know? Oh, my. And, I didn't know and about what that. that's like, too. And, you know, the I've, I've had my share of bad relationships. And I, you know, what's it like when all of a sudden you, when you're telling your mom that your girlfriend is one of the biggest porn stars in America? You know, these things are oh, very... I like yeah, telling I like telling these stories, you know, especially because now I think I'm doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good well, to be on the other side. I share some stories that are very embarrassing. Hell yes, hell yes. You don't go up there and brag about how shitty everything is when it's happening. <laughs> well, for for our hosts and fans on the East Coast, please go see Ricky. You can get tickets at cathousehollywood.com. Uh, we'll also share the link on our Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram. Ricky, thanks again for coming to talk to oh, us. Dude, we I have watched you our entire lives. Door is always open, Rick. Thank, Thank you, Ricky. You guys. We'll get we'll Take get care. some drinks at the Washington House when we see you in Sellersville. How's that? Oh yes, that's going to be our last show, so we're going to have fun. Oh, for sure. We'll okay. catch up Thanks, with buddy. you. All right, see Bye -bye. you later. Thank All right, man. Take care.